March 18th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our text today will come from the book of Luke, chapter 3, verses 1 through 22. We'll be reading about prophecy. God's message did not come to any of the great leaders of that day. No, it came to John the Baptist, the last and the greatest of God's prophets. John's ministry was foretold by the prophet Isaiah. John was a prophet who was the subject of prophecy. We'll also read about ministry. John was privileged to prepare the nation for the Messiah and then present him to them. John preached against sin and told the people to repent. He gave specific instructions to his converts on how to put their faith into practice. He was inspecting fruit, getting to the root of sin, and warning about wrath to come. Would you accept that kind of ministry? We'll be reading about mystery. The Son of God is baptized. The Spirit lights upon Him like a dove, and the Father speaks His approval from heaven. Never forget that all of the Holy Trinity is involved in your salvation. And we'll read about history. The genealogy is that of Mary, whose father was Eli. Joseph was not the biological father of Jesus, though that was what the people assumed. The genealogy of Joseph is found in Matthew chapter 1 in the New Testament. It was unusual to pay attention to the genealogy of a woman, which shows Dr. Luke's concern for neglected people. Gentile history and Jewish history are in the hands of Almighty God, fulfilling His purposes. And now let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. March 18th, the book of Luke, chapter 3, verses 1 through 22. It was now the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius, the Roman emperor. Pilate was governor over Judea. Herod Antipas was ruler over Galilee. His brother Philip was ruler over Itheria and Phraconitis. Lysanias was ruler over Abilene. Annas and Caiaphas were the high priests. At this time a message from God came to John, son of Zechariah, who was living out in the wilderness. Then John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they had turned from their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare a pathway for the Lord's coming, Make a straight road for him, fill in the valleys, and level the mountains and hills, straighten the curves, and smooth out the rough places, and then all people will see the salvation sent from God. Here is a sample of John's preaching to the crowds that came for baptism. You brood of snakes! Who warned you to flee God's coming judgment? Prove by the way you live that you have really turned from your sins and turned to God. Don't just say, we're safe, we're the descendants of Abraham. That proves nothing. God can change these stones here into children of Abraham. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever your roots. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. The crowd asked, What should we do? John replied, If you have two coats, Give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, 
Teacher, what should we do? Show your honesty, he replied. Make sure you collect no more taxes than the Roman government requires you to. What should we do? asked some soldiers. John replied, Don't extort money, and don't accuse people of things you know they didn't do, and be content with your pay. Everyone was expecting the Messiah to come soon, and they were eager to know whether John might be the Messiah. John answered their questions by saying, I baptize with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not even worthy to be his slave. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the grain with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, storing the grain in his barn but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. John used many such warnings as he announced the good news to the people. John also publicly criticized Herod Antipas, ruler of Galilee, for marrying Herodias, his brother's wife, and for many other wrongs he had done. So Herod put John in prison, adding this sin to his many others. One day, when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove, and a voice from heaven said, You are my beloved Son, and I am fully pleased with you. We miss the purpose of drawing near to God if we do all the talking and no listening. We want to leave His presence edified, and we want to empty our souls so that all our birds, we leave them, bring your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Yes, that's all scriptural. We want to shower Him with praises, but we go into His courts and we talk and talk and talk. That's not fellowship unless you give Him the privilege and the honor to unburden His heart to you. Unless you allow Him to speak to your heart. He's wanting to give you direction. He wants to give you answers to things that are plaguing your heart. He wants to speak His mind to you. How many of us go into the house of prayer, go into the secret closet? You can spend hours worshiping Him and pray. You can come out feeling great, marvelous, it's healing. But folks, you're just treading the court if you don't give Him time. If you will not listen to Him because it's been the scriptural pattern all through the Bible. God's purpose in having you draw nigh to Him is that He can draw nigh to you to govern you, to speak to you, to answer every question you have, every one of them. How to overcome sin and the steps that you need to take to break the chains and bondage of sin. He wants to speak to you about your marriage. He wants to speak to you about your ministry. He wants to speak to you about all of these things. But we don't tarry in His presence until He speaks. We run in with our praises. We run in and make our petitions known. Thank you, Jesus. I believe you. Out we go. Back to our own interest. Why do you want the Lord to draw nigh to you? First of all, to govern you. You say, Lord, I want to be totally submissive to you. I want your mind. I want your presence in my life. But I want you to speak to me. 
You come into my presence. You worship me. Yes, you draw nigh to me, but I will draw nigh to you if you stay. And that's what happened when we come into the courts of the Lord. People come in, make their petition. They pray and offer their incense. And then they walk around a little bit and they walk out. I believe this with all my heart when he said, come into my courts with praise. He waits until all the tourists are gone. He waits till all the treaders have left and gone their way. And he waits for those who say, I'm not leaving this court until I have a word. I am desperate to hear from God. And I'm not leaving his presence. And I believe the Lord waits for that holy remnant that wants to know him and know his voice so clearly. And you can't know it until you spend time waiting quietly, patiently, with faith. Absolute faith because he said without faith you can't please him. Come in, praise all you want, worship all you want, ask him all you want. But without faith you can't please him. Can't accept the sacrifice without faith. And he waits till all the treaders are gone out of his court. Then he says, draw near to me now. Let me come near to you. You see, some people wait 15 minutes. You haven't said a word. This doesn't work. No, patiently, as long as it takes. Isaiah 50, verses 4 to 7. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned. This is speaking of Christ. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him that's weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. He wakeneth my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God hath opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. I gave my back to the smiters, my cheeks to them that plucked off their hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God will help me. That's the faith. Therefore shall not be confounded. Therefore I've set my face like a flint. I know that I shall not be ashamed. That's Jesus. They're speaking of Christ. The Lord is saying every day he wakes up my ear. He gives me a sensitive ear. And if he didn't speak to you last night and you waited on him, if you believe God with all your heart, he'll wake you up with the word. You'll get up and the word will be there. He'll wake up your ear. He said, Jesus, every morning he speaks. He wakes up my ear. He makes me sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. He'll do that, a step of faith that we've got to take and believe that with all of our heart. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I shall not be confounded. He'll not leave you in confusion. And he will never put you to shame in that verse, in verse 7. You came to church this morning with confusion in your life, been confused about things that have happened in your life, things that are going on in your life. The Lord's made it clear to me that he wants to clear up that confusion. That confusion often is caused by uh, neglecting drawing near to the Lord, neglecting his call to you. He keeps calling us, if you'll come to my presence, I'm going to satisfy, and he said, I'll not leave you in confusion. You'll not be confounded. You won't be confounded. You won't be ashamed, but there's some confusion. And the Lord wants to heal that. Now listen very closely. Whenever you're in a hard place, whenever you're in a situation where you can't figure things out and where there's confusion, the Holy Spirit's always spoke in my heart. Always focus on Jesus. When you come to the Father, He's going to have you focus on Jesus. The Holy Spirit came to focus on Jesus, to bring us to Christ. So whenever there's a problem, whenever there's confusion, just bring Jesus on the scene. In your heart and in your mind, focus on Jesus. Begin to worship Jesus. Begin to love Jesus. Begin to praise Jesus. Begin to talk to Jesus heart to heart. And always, when you bring Jesus to the forefront, the devil has to flee. By faith, that pleases the Heavenly Father. That's the ground upon which the Holy Ghost can work. That you're willing to have the Holy Spirit magnify Christ in your life. This is all about Jesus. See, it's not really about you and me. 
It's about Him having provided everything we need and our coming to receive it by faith. You've got to deal with that now. There's nothing that I face, there's no confusion in my life that He can't straighten out. If I will get alone with Him, spend time, and let Him speak to my heart, He'll give you direction. Psalm 61, verses 1 through 8. Today we're going to be reading about distance here in Psalm 61. No matter how far away you go, God hears your prayers, for His ears are open to the cries of His children. David was far from the house of God, yet the Lord heard his prayer and answered. We'll read about depth. No matter how far down you sink, God can lift you up. When life overwhelms you, take time to pray. Let God lift you up and put you on the rock that will never sink. We'll read about danger. Prayer brings you into the Holy of Holies, under the shadow of His wings, where God's glory dwells. God preserves and protects His own until that hour when He calls them to Himself. And we'll be reading about delight. Do you find delight in prayer? Or is prayer only an emergency exercise to get you out of trouble? David ended the psalm with an expression of praise and an affirmation of obedience. Prayer changes things, but prayer also changes people, starting with the one who does the praying. Psalm chapter 61, verses 1 through 8. For the choir director, a psalm of David, to be accompanied by stringed instruments. O God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I will cry to you for help. For my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety. For you are my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. For you have heard my vows, O God. You have given me an inheritance reserved for those who fear your name. Add many years to the life of the king. May his years span the generations. May he reign under God's protection forever. Appoint your unfailing love and faithfulness to watch over him. Then I will always sing praises to your name as I fulfill my vows day after day. Proverbs Chapter 11, verses 16 and 17. Beautiful women obtain wealth, and violent men get rich. Your own soul is nourished when you are kind, but you destroy yourself when you are cruel.